Good morning. morning. Wonderful to be here again. I feel such a privilege to come and share God's word with you. Once again, it's just wonderful to open the word of God. And that was just an inspired last verse that uh, Graham just uh, played. I don't know if it was meant or just impromptu or what it was, but uh, shine, Jesus shine. We just want this land to know something of the glories of God just to be seen in Scotland. I just put on Facebook this morning, I don't know if any of you read my Facebook this morning, but it said this, that uh, I was preaching at uh, Moody'sburn, if anyone was free and know where to go, join us here in, uh, in Moody'sburn. But I put this wee phrase in, it's time to write the next chapter in Scotland's revival story. Amen? Come on, it is time to write the next chapter in Scotland's revival story, yeah? I've been just looking at, at, uh, at, the, at the books that speak about revival in Scotland, uh, about Duncan Campbell, as, as you know, I keep quoting him for those who have heard me speak often, I keep quoting Duncan Campbell, Jenny and I were at, at the Fringe last week in Edinburgh, you see, I'll preach at the Fringe, well, it was a play about Duncan Campbell, his granddaughter had wrote it, and uh, she acted in it along with her husband, and it was nice just to see uh, the the story of Duncan Campbell brought to life again and amongst all the what has been on at the fringe in Edinburgh just to see this light of God being shining bright in the city of Edinburgh where this play about Duncan Campbell and I just long to see the next chapter being written God's moved in this land before and he's moving in different parts of this land but wouldn't it be wonderful if there was a, lo- a nationwide revival back to the word of God and to prayer and to, to see God moving uh, amongst our friends and our neighbours and our relatives. Who wants to be part of that story? I want to be part of that. Come on, you can speak to me this morning. You know, who wants to be part of that story this morning? I want, you know, we, we spoke last week from Acts chapter 1. We're going to continue that this morning a wee bit, but... Uh, uh, the, uh, the Acts is a book that's still being written. And I wonder what the, the Moody'sburn chapter is going to be like when the final book of Acts is completed, when the, the, when the story of the grace of God flowing across the nations, what will Moody'sburn's chapter be like? You know, that's a challenge. That's a challenge. What, as the Holy Spirit writes in, in the hearts of men and women in Moody'sburn, what's the story going to be? about Moody'sburn. Wouldn't it be wonderful if Moody'sburn was mentioned in the same breath as Lewis and, uh, 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 and Barvis and Arnold and Cumberslang and Colstyth and all these different places where God is. Wouldn't it be wonderful if Moody'sburn was added to that list, yeah? Yeah? Yes. Enthusiastic this morning, yeah? yeah. <laughs> wonderful just to know that God is on the move. And God wants to touch your hearts. And we're part of something that is amazing and wonderful. Acts chapter 1. Although I'm going to read a verse just in Acts chapter 1. But I'm not going to preach from it this morning. I want to go back uh, and preach uh, uh, leading up to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says this. But ye will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to all the ends of the earth. What a wonderful verse of scripture that here is the Lord Jesus telling his disciples that heaven 
is going about, is about to touch earth. Imagine that. Isn't that amazing? He's telling his disciples that heaven is about to come down onto earth. Amen? I want to see the power of heaven being released on earth this morning. You know, I was reading a story about Duncan Campbell again uh, during the week, and it was that they were in this, uh, this prayer meeting, and... Uh, uh, it was during the preaching, and the preaching wasn't going very well. And, and Duncan Campbell had no problem stopping the meeting and saying, let's pray. Because we need to have this breakthrough. We need to experience something of the, of the tangible presence of God. You know, we, we know that God is omnipresent. We know that he's everywhere. But there is occasions when he becomes so near that he becomes tangible. He becomes touchable. You know that his glory has come because of the heaviness of the place. And Duncan Campbell loved to get into that place. With his feet. I, I long to be in that place where the Holy Spirit is just uh, in, in a gathering and, and falling on the people. And Duncan Campbell asked a young guy to preach, to, to pray. Donald McPhail, I know his son, been in his son's house, been in the house that his father built. And Donald McPhail, as a young man, got up and he said, Oh God, you know I've been reading Revelation chapter 4 this morning. About the throne room of the living God, about all that's seen in that chapter of Revelation chapter 4. I've seen the glory of heaven, I've seen everything about your son, and I'm so excited this morning, and I've seen the power of heaven. Lord, would you let it loosen this gathering? Is that our cry this morning? And when that young man prayed that prayer, God, let it loose. Let it loose this morning. The power of God just fell in that gathering. And Duncan Campbell could then preach because he knew the, the unction and the anointing of the Spirit of God. And so here in Acts chapter 1, Jesus is telling his disciples he's going away. But they're going to receive something from heaven. Isn't that precious? He's going to, they're going to receive something from heaven. Do not go away from this place until until how many times have been in the presence of God and like Jacob saying I'm not going to leave your presence God until remember Jacob said that until you bless me until you touch me until you move here and Jesus is saying to his disciples, don't leave Jerusalem until you receive power. When the Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and you'll receive that power to be witnesses. My witnesses. What a royal command this morning. You know, to these other disciples which had been passed down through the generations, that we are now the, the succession of witnesses. What a royal prerogative this morning that God is calling every one of us to be his witness. And we learn not to do that in schools of theology or any of these things. We learn to do it by a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. They were disciples and they knew him intimately. They had walked with him for three and a half years. They had saw everything he had done. And now he's saying to them, I'm going away. But don't you move from this place until you receive power from on high. And you shall be my witnesses. My witnesses. My witnesses. Get that in our hearts this morning. My witnesses. We're witnesses of the living Lord Jesus Christ. 
We're witnesses for the one who died on Calvary for us. We're witnesses for the one who has conquered the death. We were singing about that this morning. So wonderful this morning. Conquered death. And he's now seated and raised up at God's right hand. And he's saying, people of Woodisburn in this little meeting room this morning, you are my witnesses. <laughs> but don't, don't ever think about going out there until you know that you're moving in the power and the unction. I love that word, unction. It's a difficult word. The old Presbyterians used it a lot in the picture. The unction was on the picture. It means that God's presence was there. Until you receive that unction. And you'll be my witnesses. Here in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. What an amazing announcement. That coming to this group of people, heaven was going to be released in their presence. Wow. I think it's Bill Johnson writes a book, Is it Heaven on Earth? Or is When Heaven's Released on Earth? We long to see the fullness like that young Donald McPhail. He's now in the glory, Donald. He was a wonderful man of God, went out to the Arab world, preached amongst the Muslims and the Yemen, and his son is, is falling in that, Peter McPhail. But it was just wonderful to sit in that man's house and know that we were, we were touching a place where heaven had touched the earth. I long to be in that place. I long to be in that place where I know that heaven is touching earth. When all the, the power of heaven has been released onto earth and to see the glory of God seen again. <sighs> Wasn't it wonderful to see the glory of God once again in the glens of Scotland? Yeah. Wasn't it be wonderful to see the glory of God just to fall on this nation? Wouldn't it be wonderful just to hear the, the name of God and the name of Jesus being raised up in, on the, every hill and glen and, and town and city? Of Scotland. Really wonderful just to, to know that God had released something again on this favoured land of Scotland. And to see the glory of God. Really wonderful to stand one day like Elijah on a mountain and say, Today, the heart of this nation is being turned back to God. My dear friends this morning in Woodisburn, it is possible. There's enough, enough potential in this room this morning that can change Woodisburn forever. Do you believe that this morning? There is enough potential. See, you might say, oh, but this is in my life and that's in my life. God does not look at your failure. He looks at your potential. What you can become wholly surrendered to him. And I want to look at a prayer this morning that was prayed 500 years before this verse ever was written. I want you to turn back in your Bibles to Isaiah 64. I want you to turn back to Isaiah 64. 
Because if ever there was a prayer, and I want to, if we've got time, to trace Isaiah 64 right through to Acts chapter 1. Isaiah is a prophet. And the people of God are, are, are just in a terrible state. The nation has neglected God. The nation is about to go into uh, a, a time of captivity. The nation is, at that time is dark. And the nation really has turned its back upon God at this stage. It could be written about today, couldn't it? It could be written about today. This Isaiah 63 and the chapter before could be written about today. But out of that darkness, and out of that nation of death, and out of that nation of barrenness, who had once known God in all his glory, out of that darkness comes a piercing cry. And it's a cry that we want to hear going out through Scotland this morning, reverberating through our nation. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. See, what Isaiah is asking, that heaven would come down and touch the earth. Because Isaiah knew that the only answer to the problems of the nation was not better government. Was not a better... It's a social services. There's not a better universities or teaching. The only thing that could touch the heart of the nation in that day is exactly the same thing that can touch the heart of the nation today. Is that there was a visitation from God. What old Brand says that, uh, 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 during these revivals, you can't get up a revival. It's a sovereign move of God. Times of reviving come down. They don't get up. It's not as if we can get people hyped up and get people... You kind of get up a revival. There's, it's the most misused word in the English language amongst Christian circles is the word Revival. I sometimes cringe when I hear it. Because we put a capital R at it and we, we expect an event. My understanding is that revival is a, is, is, a, is a verb, it's a doing word. God is always reviving. And somebody has written, revival is a sovereign move of God. At a particular time. By his Holy Spirit that comes and touches a sleeping and slumbering church. Yeah? I think that's a wonderful explanation of, about revival. It's a sovereign move of God. At a particular time. Through the Holy Spirit. That touches a sleeping and slumbering church. It's time to awake. It's time to want this in Moody's burn. I know you do. I know you long for it, but how how loud does that cry? Is it like Isaiah's cry this morning? Oh God, that you would rend the heavens and that you would come down and do something that is unmistakably God. Yeah. Amen. 
We've seen what man has tried to do in the church and revival and the plans and the programs and everything. It's time to see what God can do. Because we're crying for God to, go, to come down and do something that is unmistakably God. Wow. Would you like that this morning? Would you love to see something happening in Woodysburn that is unmistakably God, that no other person can take the credit for it? No preacher. Nothing like that, but it's unmistakably God. The Lewis revivals, they knew. They cried down God. They were on their knees six days a week meeting in farmhouses. They had nothing else on their mind but God touching the islands. Whether it was two old ladies, once blind and one lame in their eighties, and all they could do was pray. Men praying at the side of the road openly that God would come and touch this street, that God would come and touch this community. You see, it needs desperate prayer. It needs a prayer that breaks you away all from what we are. Until we become empty before God and say, God, there's nothing in us. But everything is in you. And we're asking you that you would come down and touch your communities. That you would come down and touch your families. That you would come down and touch our towns and our cities and our islands. I've had the privilege of walking through every part of Scotland. Praying in different communities. There's not a community that God, by his grace, has allowed me humbly to walk through the nation and pray with so many of God's people. Whether it be in laybys or bus shelters or public parks or streets or halls or whatever it was. We, in 2007, we had just an amazing privilege of meeting with God's people and their desire was oh that God would rend the heavens and that he would come down because when he comes down it's unmistakably him it's unmistakably him and then it goes on to say in Isaiah 64 oh that you would come down and you would rend the heavens and you would come down and mountains would tremble before you as when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil. Come down and make your name known to your enemies. We sing the name of our God is a strong tower. And all who run into it are saved. The name of our God is a strong tower. We want the name of our God to be known among the enemies of his name in Scotland how great is our God that was that became our, in, the two, in the 50 days that became our theme song Every, everywhere we went there was someone without any prompting from us how is the people in Moodysburn going to know how great our God is he sees it being reflected in us what an amazing privilege that we can bear something with the glory of God. Paul says, and we'll, on, 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 I'll come back to this, but Paul says in Corinthians that we stand with unveiled faces reflecting His glory. Isn't that a privilege? 
You know, the redeemed of earth have this most amazing privilege that we can stand accepted in the very throne room of God and speak with him. There is no other created being has that privilege. Are you hearing that this morning? There is no other created being has the privilege that the redeemed of the Lord has. Because all other created beings stand in his presence and they bow their heads and, they, and, 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 and their eyes are covered and, and, and they, all they cry is holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty but he invites us to come into his presence and to be reflectors of his glory we've had one royal command this morning you'll be my witnesses here's another wonderful privilege this morning that you and I can be reflectors of the glory of God and as that glory is reflected in us the Holy Spirit takes that and what does it do? It changes us to be like him. I remember being in a prayer meeting. Uh, not in a prayer meeting, I remember being in a, in a prayer conference. And I wasn't down to speak that day at all, but I was there and... and was a time of prayer just before the, uh, the break for lunch. And there were three prayers in quick succession. And this was... The three prayers, if I can remember them now. The first prayer was that this land needs to see something of your glory. The other one prayed, God, this nation needs to see a fresh revelation of who Jesus is. And the third prayer was, oh God, this nation needs to see an outpouring of your Holy Spirit. And I heard these three prayers and there was something started to work in my spirit. And after lunch I said to her, I said, could I have five minutes? Imagine giving me five minutes. <laughs> but I said, could, could I have five minutes? And they, they said, yeah. And I said, I'd like to tell you that the answer to every one of these prayers is you. If we want to see the glory of God fall on our nation, it's got to be reflected in his people. If we want to see a fresh revelation of who Jesus is, it's got to be seen in his people. And if we want to see a fresh outpouring of his Holy Spirit, it's got to be done in his people. And if you want the answer to all these prayers, you're the answer. That's a challenge this morning. You're the answer. Because God has not got a plan B. <laughs> You know, you hear people speaking about plan B, plan D is not work. Plan A is all that God has got, that God wants to touch the nations through his people. Empowered by his Holy Spirit, that the nations will see something of the glory and beauty of God, of the Lord Jesus, and to know something of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. If what I'm speaking about this morning is going to come true, we're it. Isn't that wonderful? That God in his grace and his mercy takes us who have been touched by his love and his grace and cleansed by the blood of Jesus. He takes us and he uses us to fulfill his purpose in this day and this generation. God, what a privilege this morning. Come on. What a privilege this morning, God, that you allow us 
to take these things and to touch our communities and our nation. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you. A God who acts on behalf of those that wait upon him. What a verse! Eh? A God who acts on behalf of those that wait upon him. We wait and God acts. I'm going to ask a question. Uh, and it's a serious question. How many hours of prayer, hours, not minutes, how many hours of prayer has gone up from the people in this room this morning about this service this morning? See, we want God to move. And I want God to move, there's got to be a time of waiting. We had the privilege of hosting two Ugandan pastors. They were ladies. I didn't know they were ladies. I just knew that I was going to collect two, uh, two Ugandan pastors from the train station and uh, I expected two men. <laughs> but I went through to Edinburgh and the train came on and I had a discernment like from Uganda on the train. <laughs> and then I got a phone call saying that I'd missed that train. Been working on Uganda time, <laughs> and uh, so I moved across to another platform, and then I seen two ladies who stood out amongst the Scottish people. And I went up to them, I said, "Are you so and so?" They said, "Yeah." And I, uh, I took them around different places in Scotland. They all had seen transformations video. Anybody seen transformations video where it speaks about Uganda? And that's transformations too. It also speaks about Scotland in that one too, I think. And this was their conclusion. That Scotland would never see a move of God until we laid down every bit of our agendas and started to wait wholly upon God. Uganda was in a terrible state. They thought Adi Amin was bad, but the one that came in after him was, was twice as bad. And it drove the people of God into the presence of God. And when all their work was finished, the people went out, the Christians went out in, into, the, into the jungle, into the, the place around the villages. And you thought it was bees that was buzzing. Because men and women were on their knees crying out to God that he would touch their nation. And they said to me as I left, Bert, you'll never see a move of God in Scotland. Until people get to that stage. We can talk about it. We can speak about it. But God is challenging us. What are you going to do about it? How deep is your desire to see God move? How deep is your desire? I don't know if you've seen the Fisherman's Revival this week on Sky Television. A document about Jock Troop. The guy used to be in the tent hall in, in Glasgow. and Who was... Connected with the, with the East Coast Revivals. On the 50 days, I, I got a phone call from a guy. I thought, an American, he says, Bert, could I, I join you in, in, in your 50-day walk? I said, yeah. He says, I'm in Glasgow. 
He says, uh, I says, well, we're heading for Aberdeen. We've got a rally in Aberdeen tonight. Join us there. I'll get you a bed and you can be with us on the Monday. He said, I've only got one day. I said, with us on the Monday. And he said, I've got to come back on the, the train late on Monday night. I said, fine. So all, all I knew him was John. And so I met him at Aberdeen. I got my bed. I picked him up the next morning. And we're standing in Fraserburgh. And we're standing speaking about Jock Troop. And this was his grandson. And the only day that he could be with us, unknown to him, was the day we were going to pray in every place his grandfather preached. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> but what I want to say about that, that, that was great. And, uh, and John heard about, about connecting Scotland and Ethiopia. <laughs> of all places, he heard about connecting Scotland and Ethiopia. He had been round a table where there was tears funded on because they were going to do a big project and, uh, and one of my friends in Shetland, she's a, a woman, but she's a drainage expert. And so when the, the United Nations are going to do a big project, they draw all the experts in and she was a drainage expert. And so she was, happened to be sitting next to this guy called John Troop. And she got, they got to talk and they, uh, they realised that they were Christians. And she said that uh, she was from Scotland. Oh, and he says, well, my grandfather says, oh, we're, we're having a connect in Scotland. It's a, it's a prayer walk around Scotland. Oh, I said, I'd love to join it. So he got off the plane at London, got off, flew up to Glasgow, met us. And the only day that he could meet us and pray was the day that we prayed in every place his grandfather preached. That was special. But he told me that he, his, before his grandmother died, that's Jock Troop's wife, and she said exactly the same thing that these two Ugandan pastors said, that Scotland will never see a move of God until the people of God got on their knees. Not for five minutes, not for ten minutes, but really got on their knees and know that they want to see God move in, the, in this nation. You know, we have the opportunity to release the power of heaven onto Scotland. Are we willing to sacrifice the time to wait upon God to cry to God six days a week it, it takes over our whole thinking God we want to see you move in Scotland we want to see this nation turn back to you it's possible he's done it in nations across the world oh God is it Scotland's turn is this the time that we can write a new chapter in Scotland that Scotland sees God moving in power that flows in England and Wales and, and Ireland and France and Europe one of the, these Ugandan pastors her brother was a real uh, man of God in Uganda who preaches internationally and the prophetic word came that there was a grey cloud over Europe a grey cloud over Europe and that needs to be broken that needs to be broken by a piercing cry like Isaiah so that you could rend the heavens and that you would come down and do things that are unmistakably you this is challenging this morning this is not where I went to go this morning but I believe in, uh, in the leading of the Holy Spirit and so I don't I, I have nothing really prepared except I believe the word that God has given me and I put that word out and I'm asking you that you can write the next chapter in Scotland's history 
by being a people who get to their knees and pray and pray and pray. See, before the Holy Spirit came down in Acts chapter 2, there are ten days, ten days of waiting upon God. I think I mentioned the last time, you know, and a lot of folk get a wee bit thrown back, but the old, old Pentecostalists used to have a great time, used to speak about tarrying things. We, had, we came, we had no agenda. Well, I wasn't an old Pentecostalist, so I, I take that wee out of that and say, they just spent time waiting on God. Sometimes an hour would pass and nobody would speak. But the presence of God was coming down. Coming down. We don't like to be in that atmosphere where the presence of God is falling. And you're prostrate on the ground because you know you're touching heaven. And heaven is touching you. And it's out of that atmosphere. That God touches his people before he touches a community. Who wants a touch like that this morning? Who really wants a touch like that this morning? Who wants to be in that place? Yeah, I'm willing to sacrifice time to get before God. I start to reflect something of his presence. That Jesus starts to be revealed more and more in my life. And I take a drink of that water, which is the Holy Spirit. John says it will be turned into a river. Isn't God gracious? All he asks us is to take a drink. And out of that drink, he turns it into a river of living water. Imagine... A hundred thousand born-again believers with a river of, of God flowing out through them. Imagine what that would do. Come on, imagine what that would do. You see, I, I used to be brought up in a persuasion where we used to say that uh, to get passed up, to keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit was because Christians leak. Christians don't leak. That's unbiblical. The reason that we need to be kept on getting filled with the Holy Spirit is because it's flowing as a river. It's flowing as a river. It's flowing as a river. John says, if anyone thirsts, anyone thirsty this morning? Is, is there anyone really thirsty this morning? If anyone thirsts, Jesus says, let him come and drink. And as the Bible says, out of his belly will flow streams of rivers of living water. And John then adds the writer, he was thus speaking about the Holy Spirit, which had not yet been given. We are the most privileged people on earth this morning. And I'm going to finish now. I never got to the link between Isaiah 64 and Acts chapter 1, but we'll leave that for another time. Because I believe God wants to tell you this morning, yeah, he hears you. He desires to do what you want. But he's also asking you to take the time to wait upon him. That out of that place of waiting, comes that power when heaven is released on earth. The people wrote 
and Lewis Christians and non-Christians there was something about the air there was something about the atmosphere they sensed it was God wouldn't that be wonderful in Moodysburn it's happened in Scotland it can happen again wouldn't it be wonderful in Moodysburn that people stopped you in the street and said I don't know what this is stopped you at work because the aura that, that was on you the aura was on you folk would stop you and say oh, I sense something so different I sense something of the divine and it's so easy then to lead people to Christ because they're seeing it in action in your life and mine Father become in the mighty name of Jesus we thank you for your word this morning pray Lord that you would just take away everything that's not of you this morning and that you would make the things that are of you grow into a desire to see heaven touching earth in our own lives in the lives of our church in the lives of our fellowship in the lives of our communities that we would just see the power of God just fall upon us this morning would you awaken in us this morning real deep desires to reach out and touch your throne in order that you would reach down and touch this earth this nation, this village this fellowship, these people move amongst us we pray and it will all be for your glory in Jesus name, Amen